This week on The Word of Truth Revealed. As your feet go, if you're not careful, your mind will follow. Where your feet are planted, glory to God. If you're not careful, your mind will follow. So you must plant your feet in the Word. Glory to God. Not in your previous experience. No matter how I preach to you, if you don't get your feet right, your mind won't go where God wants it to go. to the Word of Truth Revealed with Bishop Merton L. Clark. The Word of Truth Revealed is the media outreach ministry of Truth Revealed International Ministries and Interdenominational Spirit-Filled Fellowship of Believers located in Palm Bay, Florida. Our mission here at Truth Revealed is to produce disciples and to empower the populace to live out the truth of God's Word within the framework of their environment. Good morning. We appreciate you for being a faithful listener to the Word of Truth Revealed. This week, Bishop Clark uses the 48th chapter of Genesis, verses 1 through 6, as the backdrop scripture for part one of the message in the Pillars of Salvation series, Adoption. This Genesis 48 thing touches my heart and soul. It is not the first form of adoption, but it is the first human form of adoption. The first form of adoption is how God adopted a nation. Through Abraham, he called him out of his home country and told him to go to a land and he would show him great things and out of him he would produce a nation. The first adoption is really the nation of Israel being adopted by God. He used that nation to birth his purpose. But remember that God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. I need to deal with this thing. Look at verse uh, number one again. And it came to pass after these things that one told Joseph. One spoke to Joseph and said your dad is sick. So what Joseph did is said I need to get my two boys in the presence of the prophet so he can bless them. I like to see people with that kind of understanding. Get your kids in the presence of the Lord. Joseph, being the governor of Egypt, realized that there was something that he didn't have. He had multiple languages. He had power and authority, but he didn't have a strong prophetic gift. So he took his boys to his father. You see it here in the order of their birth, verse 1, Manasseh and Ephraim. Manasseh is the oldest. And Ephraim. But notice now, I want you to just come down for a moment. In verse 5, Jacob is now speaking to Joseph and talking to him about his destiny. Jacob said to Joseph, verse 3, God Almighty appeared to me in love. He blessed me. Verse 4, and said unto me, Behold, I will make thee fruitful. I will make thee fruitful. Look at this. And multiply thee. And I will make thee a multitude of people and give the land to thy seed after thee for an everlasting possession. And then in verse five, and now thy two sons, notice the order here, Ephraim first and Manasseh. Why is there a switch in the order? 
The order of their birth is Manasseh and Ephraim. But you see a divine switch here by Jacob when he's prophesying that their destiny, he calls out Ephraim first, then Manasseh. And if you read down in the text, he then, even though his eyes were dim, he crossed his arms over and laid his right hand on Ephraim first and his left hand on Manasseh. And Jacob uh, was, uh, it disturbed Joseph. Joseph said, no, that's not according to divine order, that I know order. You usually put your right hand on the firstborn and your left hand on the second. Jacob said, but you don't know prophecy. You may be the prince of Egypt, but I'm the prophet of the nation. And we need to learn how to stay in our lanes. Amen. And if God blesses you to raise the dead, then raise the dead. But you may not be a great organizer. You may not have the gift of organization. You can raise the dead, but people will be raised up and not know how to go to the grocery store, won't have instruction, won't even get any education, just walking around as zombies because you don't have the ability to do other things that they would need if you raise the dead. But if God wants you to take care of every cemetery and you raise every person out of it, do it. But then stay in your lane and let others do their things so the church can grow and mature and be what God wants it to be. Do you understand that? A father shouldn't try to be mother and father if a mother is in the home. Be father. Let mother be mother. And the two will become one. If you're single, sometimes you got to do both. But do what you need to do to make it work. But remember who you are. Stay in the lane. When you do that, God begins to grow. God will grow you and the purposes of God will be revealed. I want you to remember that switch here. Ephraim is first as Jacob begins to speak to the boys. Then he begins to claim them as his own. This is a very unique, very tender thing here. The Bible says they were born unto thee in the land of Egypt, a type of world. They weren't born in Canaan. They were born in the land of Egypt before I came unto thee in Egypt uh, as are mine. As Reuben and Simeon are mine, so are Ephraim and Manasseh. My God. He adopts them into the family. Adoption. It is the act of taking voluntarily a child or other parents of other parents as one's child. I say again, it is the act of taking voluntarily a child of other parents as your child, as one's child. There may be people in this room who are adopted. And one of the things as I begin to touch that, usually if you were adopted, the first feeling is the feeling of sorrow. And that's what I'm after today. Actually, adoption is an immense, a, a clear picture of divine love. But the enemy doesn't want you to get that first. He wants you to feel pain first. And that's why there's a, a switch here. and You'll understand it as I go. The act of taking voluntarily a child of other parents as one's child. In the theological sense, the act of God's grace by which sinful people are brought into his kingdom, into his redeemed family. And so when Jesus died on the cross, we're dealing with pillars of salvation today, adoption. Immediately when you accept him in your, in your heart, you're actually adopted into his family, his redeemed family. But the enemy didn't want you to see that grace. It happens as soon as you receive him in your heart. You have been taken away from a, uh, your old family tree and adopted into a redeemed family. And you have to learn how to belong, connect, grow, and serve in that family. So why do we need adoption? 
Well, without adoption, we are plagued. There is a major problem with abandonment. And that's what God is trying to eliminate in the kingdom and around the world. And this is why Jesus invites us into his family. Because he's trying to cure abandonment. Now all of us have experienced that from some time in one, in, at one time or in some sense or another. Abandonment in our lives. Whether it is a relationship where a person just loses their thrust for you. They just say, I don't want to be here anymore. I experienced it a lot as a pastor. But you've experienced it. When people just say, I don't want you. Or if you go, go out for a team and you just, they just, you didn't make it. You're not good enough. You know, they don't say that. They just say you got cut. <laughs> or if you fail a test. Sometimes abandonment, you will feel that way. Divorce is real big with that. And then they get married real quick. That hurts deep. You can say, okay, I'm glad. Go ahead, go ahead. But inside, you know, you sit on the side of the bed and cry because no one wants to be rejected. And I want to be tender with that. I'm not making joke. Abandonment is serious. And when there's a deficit in your life, you'll, you'll overcompensate in other areas. Maybe you'll open your heart up real quick to the next person who's not even on your lead. They're not even in the same, they're not even in the same orbit you know but because you're hurt you open up your heart to it watch abandonment adoption is the cure for that past refusals rejection is another one and I'm coming against rejection in the name of the Lord Jesus you're not dejected God has accepted you into his family denial can really mess up your psyche disowning a person it's one thing to be adopted. It's another thing for a parent to say to a child, I don't want you anymore. I don't want you. And there's something in adoption called the cancellation of parental rights. It happens. This is what, there's a moment when the judge will cancel the right of the biological. Yet, the kid has not been adopted yet. And you're standing without anybody. There's a moment now. It's just a few seconds. But there's a moment where no one has you. It's a pronouncement. I cancel the rights of your, your parental. I cancel. This is the cancellation of parental rights. I cancel their rights to you. Yet, the, the, the family who's about to take you haven't been pronounced. It hasn't been pronounced over them. And it's just the moment where you stand there, right? Just like a lamb with no covering. If the judge was to die at the moment. And the parent hasn't accepted you. Where are you? Amen. That dejection is so serious. Because to be adopted, there has to be a denouncement of who you were with. The family that you were connected to. And at the same time, this is in the natural, you haven't fully been covered yet. Adoption is the cure for opposition. Especially family opposition. And discord. Let's look at Manasseh, the eldest son of Jacob. Manasseh, the firstborn son of Jacob, born in Egypt from the daughter of Potiphar, priest of On. Like his younger brother Ephraim, he were, they were both born uh, in Egypt. They were half Egyptian and half Hebrew. Call them half-breeds. 
I want you to get this now. The name Manasseh, this is his name. Joseph called him Manasseh, he says, I'll give him birth to this boy. This is my son. The wife gave birth to him, but I, I need to call him Manasseh because Manasseh uh, calls, the name means God calls me to forget my pain. God calls me to forget my pain and bitterness of the past experience in life. That's the name of the boy, Manasseh. God has called me to forget my pain. He's the firstborn, glory to God. He's the firstborn. That's the first thing that rises up to counteract adoption now is the pain of your previous life will come up to you when God is trying to give you good news. Even when you come to the house of God, you want people to minister to your pain of the previous life versus speaking life into your future. Yes. Glory to God. Start preaching about what people went through and talking about what they go through. They'll stand up and cry. But it's like preaching the blues. You can sing the blues, but you're not supposed to preach the blues forever. You're supposed to preach the gospel of the kingdom. Gospel means good news, good news, good news. And to really embrace good news, you got to let bad news go. So Manasseh means God has caused me to forget my pain, my bitterness, the bitterness of your past experience. At the same time, these boys were both adopted by Jacob. I just read it to you out of Genesis chapter 48. And God wants you to forget the pain of your last experience. Just let it go. Okay, you were divorced. They walked away from you. Let that go. Amen. Don't let the enemy. Let me tell you, if you keep a connecting an umbilical cord with your pain, the enemy will pump through it corruption. You could be praising God and somebody sing a song, remind you of what you went through. Instead of worshiping God, you start crying over it and have to walk out of the worship experience. Or I don't really want to come to church because it's beginning to remind me of my mama being buried there. Or my son being buried there. Or my daughter being buried there. You got to understand now, there is pain with the previous experience, but adoption helps us to get beyond that. Actually, Manasseh isn't blessed first now. Thank you, God. And that's why I can't preach Manasseh alone. Because there's the divine switch. Let's look at Ephraim for a moment. The name Ephraim means doubly fruitful. He's the second son of, 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 Jake, of, of Joseph and he called him Ephraim which means doubly fruitful. He becomes the founder of one of the 12 tribes of the nation of Israel. Actually, his tribe becomes one of the most prolific in number. When Ephraim was born in Egypt, he gave him this name, fruitful, but doubly fruitful. God's is, God has called me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. So Jacob was able to go into a land that inflicted him. The book uh, of Psalms says that his ankles were hurt with fetters, with irons, which simply means they put shackles on the boy. He was tender, say 17 years old, had him walking for miles and it caused him to have scars. So if you saw him, if you saw Joseph, he's a beautiful man. But if you look close, you would see scars around his ankles. 
a type of Jesus who hung on the cross and his feet were hurt with iron, who descended into a pit, glory to God. But also in one hour, he's raised up out of the dungeons to become the greatest hero in, in Israel's history. Am I talking to anybody that have gone through some things and your ankles have been hurt with irons? The enemy put shackles on your feet. You can't dance no matter how you come to the house of God. Just too much hell going on in your life. Glory to God. I can see it. I can see the shackles on your feet. But don't let it get on your mind. This is what the problem is. As your feet go, if you're not careful, your mind will follow. Where your feet are planted, glory to God. If you're not careful, your mind will follow. So you must plant your feet in the word. Glory to God. Not in your previous experience. No matter how I preach to you. If you don't get your feet right, your mind won't go where God wants it to go. Glory to God. If you get your mind right, it doesn't matter where your feet glow. It doesn't matter where your feet are. Hallelujah. Even if they're in the valley of the shadow of death, you won't fear evil if you know who your shepherd is. Glory to God. And that's why it's important for us to make sure that our feet are stationary. If you plant your feet in the house, you will flourish in the courts of our God. How beautiful are the feet of them who are in the mountain of God. Who bring glad tidings, hallelujah, of joy, hallelujah. God says your feet are beautiful. What do you mean they're beautiful? I just walked through the mud. I just came through hell and high water. God said they're beautiful, hallelujah. It doesn't matter what they look like or what you have on them. If you're in the mount of God, your feet are beautiful. What's coming out of your mouth? What's coming out of your mouth? And whatever's coming out of your mouth is tied to how you think. Thank you, Jesus. And Joseph didn't allow his ankles, which were scarred by irons, to control how he felt and what he thought. And so the scripture says he called him Ephraim, which means doubly fruitful. God has called me, caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. And even now, God is causing many of us, even though the chips are down, God is prospering you on every side. Yet the enemy don't want you to focus on what God is doing, but only on the pain. Didn't want you to see that there's an Ephraim standing behind Manasseh. Manasseh's big, glory to God. Pain is large. Sometimes it wants to be first, even firstborn and have firstborn rights. But adoption cancels that. Adoption says no, even though you're firstborn, I can't allow you, I can't allow the remembering of my pain to be the thing that speaks to me every day. You cannot become my prophet. Pain cannot become my prophetic utterance. Pain, I can't praise out of it, glory to God. I can't worship out of it. I can't preach out of it. I can't claim, I can't claim pain every time I stand before God's people. I got to talk about the joy of the Lord because it is the joy of the Lord that gives me strength. It is the power of God that's working in me. God is working in me. Hallelujah. Sometimes I don't feel like it, can't even see it, don't know how I'm going to do it, but I know God is with me. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the Lord. If the Lord wasn't on my sign hallelujah i would be a ship without a sail hallelujah i would be a king with no crown and no throne but because god is inside of me because god is working in me to will and to do of his good pleasure there's some things that's going on in my life and even though the devil is all around i got to give him glory and praise 
Open your mouth and release the praise unto the Lord. Come on, Ephraim. Doubly fruitful. Don't let Manasseh praise. Ephraim don't let Manasseh get the praise Jesus. Ah. eventually Ephraim's thousands of descendants settled into the land of Canaan as their own and one of the most Numerous of the 12 tribes of Israel. Judah was very numerous and so was Ephraim. A son not even born from one of the wives of Jacob. This is a son, two boys that were born in Egypt, half-breeds. Yet God gave them an inheritance because his eye was set on Gentiles. People coming out of the streets. They weren't raised like everybody else. They didn't go to church every Sunday. They had their face painted. Their eyes had mascara on them. They were shaven. They were the sons, the princes of, of, of the sons of Jacob. I'm sorry, of Joseph. So they didn't look like church boys today. Because God's eye was set on them. He was looking at young people that will come into the house or people that have been in the street, both male and female. Thank you, Lord. And Jacob took those boys with paint on their face and he laid his hands on them and said, as Simeon and Levi are mine, so are Ephraim and Manasseh. What do you mean? My oldest son? Actually, Reuben never received an inheritance in the new land. You won't see a tribe of Reuben today. You see a tribe of Manasseh. You see a tribe of Ephraim. But not. Not Reuben. Thank you Lord. And you got to get this in your soul. God knew what he was doing. And he knows what he's doing with you. And if he pulled you out of Egypt. Pulled you out of the world. Stop trying to belly dance with the world. You'll never fit out there. You'll never fit. You can't belly, you can't belly dance with the world. Once he pulled you out. How you gonna go and club it out? Tell me I'm having a good time. You ain't having a, you know, when you get back home, you're like, wow, I spent way too much money and it didn't do what it used to do. So stop playing with it. God bought you with a price. You've been adopted. You'll never, you'll never fit in out there. You'll never fit in out there. Thank you, Jesus. The New Testament word translated adoption, please write it down, literally means placing as a son. Placing as a son, not as a half-breed, but as a son. In legal terms, this is, you got to get this, this is the New Testament ideal for adoption. In legal terms, that expresses the process by which a man brings another person into his family. Endowing the person, the new person, with the status and privileges of the biological children. Not have. They get everything that the biological son and daughter receives. Not have. Everything. 
Write it down, acceptance is the foundation of belonging. Acceptance. You bring a child in, you adopt the child. This is New Testament teaching because Old Testament doesn't really talk about adoption. It was not a custom in the Jewish faith for people to be adopted. They either came in as slaves or subordinate, but not adopted. In today's economic and social climate, we all have our struggles, financially and emotionally. Are you tired? Frustrated? Do you feel like the world has taken the best from you? Everyone has been right where you are at one time or another. We understand just how you feel. Let your search for hope lead you to Truth Revealed International Ministries, 2838 Palm Bay Road, Palm Bay, Florida. We are a Bible teaching and discipleship ministry dedicated to unveiling truth to the nations. Please join us Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. and 11 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We live stream every service on the World Wide Web at truthrevealed.org. Get excited. You don't have to wander anymore. Hope and love are waiting for you at Truth Revealed. If something was said during today's teaching that blessed you, or if you would like to find out more information about Truth Revealed International Ministries, we would love to hear from you. You can write to us at The Word of Truth Revealed, P.O. Box 60128, Palm Bay, Florida, 32906, or you can email us at thewordoftruth at truthrevealed.org. You can also visit us on the web at www.truthrevealed.org. If you're on Facebook, visit the Truth Revealed International Ministries fan page and click like. From time to time, you'll receive inspirational words of wisdom along with information about what's happening at Truth Revealed. Now, if you would like to purchase today's message for your personal library, when you write to us or email us, use reference number 2538. That's reference number 2538. Just include a $5 donation for CDs and a $12 donation for DVDs. And now, final thoughts from Bishop Clark. King David said this. He said, I was young and now I'm old. And I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed beg bread. God is faithful will not allow you to be tempted above your ability but will with every test also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it God loves you and so do I I want you to be encouraged lift up your head and let the king of glory come in who is this king He's our Lord, our Savior. He's mighty and strong, and he's mighty to fight in every battle that you're facing. Until next time, God bless you and keep you is my prayer. <laughs>